every now and again, you hear something so beautiful, so moving, so important that it changes your life forever. This is not one of those moments. However, this is the next best podcast. Now, here's Chris Cashman and Chris Daniels. And welcome, everybody, to the CNC Podcast Factory. <laughs> it's official Chris Cashman, Chris Daniels. Hello, everybody. Television and radio veterans, according to Wikipedia. That's what it says right here. That's what it says right there on the yes. paper, yeah. yeah. That means it's official. Coming up today on the next best podcast, Beast Mode, a.k.a. Marshawn Lynch. He was uh, playing bike chicken with a bus. He won. And speaking of the Seahawks, we spoke. We had an exclusive interview with the other Russell Wilson. My name is Russell Wilson, so... And that gets him in the door of every emergency room and mortuary all over the place. Yeah, he sounds a little different. And of course, this week, everybody's focusing on WrestleMania. I'm sorry, I mean the inauguration. That and much more. Let's dive right into the Fast Five. Five, five, five. We start off with Marshawn Lynch, a.k.a. Beast Mode, on a beach cruiser, popping wheelies, and narrowly avoiding a bus. This video apparently from Scotland. Uh, he does have a Skittles bag on the front of the bike, so I'm guessing he is there shooting some sort of a commercial. He's uh, been busy since he retired from the Seahawks, has he not? Life after football seems to be good for Beast Mode. He's into the chocolate business now. He's got chocolate bars, his peanut butter and pretzel chocolate bar. That is an unpaid endorsement, but I give it my full, full support. Uh, And now he's riding bikes, popping wheelies down the street in Scotland, and if you haven't seen the video, you can find it over on our Instagram page. We have regrammed it here. People are already calling it. It's a brand new account. People are already calling it the next best Instagram account. So that is at nextbestpod. You'll find us on Twitter and on Instagram. If you haven't seen the video of Beast Mode, narrowly avoiding death by a bus, go check that video out. And that is just sort of chapter one in that. It's great to see Beast Mode out having fun, but according to the internet, he will also be the guest star on an upcoming episode of The Diesel Brothers. Chris, do you know what The Diesel Brothers is? That is uh, my favorite show I've never watched. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell you're lying. Uh, I don't think you need to know much about the show to appreciate the promo. It's got a bunch of guys who frankly look like The Diesel Brothers driving some monstrous truck that they have retrofitted with big tires. It's got every big scary roll cage thing you can see. And they've got Marshawn Lynch on board. Here's a little preview of the promo. So now Marshawn Lynch is inside this monstrous truck, driving over another vehicle, smashing it. Nothing about this looks legal. (laughs) I don't think that's forced enthusiasm. That's what the Diesel Brothers, the Caffeinated Brothers, sound like. And Marshawn will be their guest star on an episode on Monday. Uh, And clearly one highlight is that they let Marshawn get behind the wheel of this big, scary truck. And he drives right over another truck. I I think Marshawn Lynch has been uh, amazing in the uh, post-playing career. It's so funny. Everybody wanted to hear from him. He never talked. And now he's doing the Bear Grylls show. He did 60 Minutes. Uh, he's done this, and it's clearly guerrilla marketing. I mean, you you and I were talking, and we noticed the, the Skittles bag 
the, this video gets released, yeah. and then it builds up some excitement. What is Marshawn doing? People are talking about Marshawn again, and watch. It'll be some sort of ad for Skittles that we'll see here in about a week. He's the player that never wanted to talk. I'm just here so I won't get fined. And now he won't stop talking because he's having fun. He's doing it his way. i got to say, I like it. I always looked at Shaquille O'Neal as the athlete who got it right in terms of building up his personal brand so that the moment sports was over, he could just be a professional celebrity. And that's clearly what's happening to Marshawn. He's doing a lot of great things. He's got a foundation and all of that, but it looks like he's just kind of getting to have fun for a living, and that's cool. And he's traveling the world. I mean, every time he pops up with some sort of viral video, he's in, like, Egypt at the pyramids. He's in Scotland. He's uh, clearly getting around in his uh, post-playing career and then just shows up on the sidelines whenever he wants to see Hawks games. Once again, if you missed it, you can see Beast Mode uh, popping wheelers. We've got that over for you on our Instagram. We also got on Twitter. I'll, I will uh, tweet out the link to this promo of the Diesel Brothers. At Next Best Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. Four, four, four. Next up, former teammate Russell Wilson. His uh, season is over in Seattle with the Seahawks, unfortunately. But you actually... In the TV news business, they call this an exclusive, Chris. It was a big-time exclusive to sit down with Russell Wilson and talk about the Seahawks. You should probably clarify that we are talking about a, a different Russell oh, Wilson. Oh, yes, yes. It was another Russell Wilson, a guy a guy from Centralia who, who does love the Seahawks, but he's not quite the same... I guess Vane is the Seahawks quarterback. While as the one we know is a quarterback, this one is what? He's a mortician. Here's a sample from an exclusive interview that you did with the other Russell Wilson. My name is Russell Wilson, so... And that gets him in the door of every emergency room and mortuary all over the place. Honey. Yes. Yes, it does. He's also... These are my lucky socks. A Seahawks super fan. These are my lucky underwear. We sit right there every game day. We were lucky enough to talk with him today. People usually don't die on Tuesdays. And his new fiance, Barbara Ann. It's really fun being Russell Wilson's number three, because mm. I, I, he asked me to marry him. And so um, I'm going to be Russell Wilson's third wife. Well, that's true. Two 12s who say it's yeah. been strange at times. Uh, being Russell Wilson. People will ask me questions. Why True. Why I didn't sign something when we go to hotels. People yeah, are lined people up are lined to see, up. Us, see us come in, and they're always disappointed. But he says it could be worse. I mean, can you imagine if my name was Bill Cosby? <laughs> <laughs> That's just a taste of your exclusive interview with the other Russell Wilson and his uh, fiance. She will actually be number three. Barbara Ann is her name. They, I saw the entire piece, Chris. It's beautiful. Uh, he he brought up the point that he's uh, lucky that his name is not Bill Cosby, or uh, boy, he would be looked at quite differently. Uh, this reminds me of that. I think once upon a time, ESPN did a commercial campaign with that, where they talked about people who have unfortunate names because the other version is famous, like a Michael Jordan. And yes, this Russell Wilson works 
as a mortician, which is very compelling. <laughs> uh, but he and his fiance are a couple of characters, and they absolutely should have a reality show. People can go see this whole piece because he says a lot of very interesting things, <laughs> and so does she. And a lot of it didn't even make the final take, but they can see that on king5.com. They can see the uh, entire story there, and I encourage you to do it. The other Russell Wilson is just as much fun. And he, uh, by the way, the other Russell Wilson, the quarterback Russell Wilson, he'll be – back in Seattle, and he's going to be entering the political realm, uh, going down to City Hall, trying to campaign for that Soto Arena, and uh, what now has become a, uh, a story with all sorts of layers once again as the city is looking at taking care of Key Arena at the same time, and now Russell Wilson has got to go into City Hall and try and convince the mayor and the council to do something else. So uh, it, he's going he's gonna to have an interesting offseason here in Seattle. Three, three. And speaking of politics, all eyes on Washington, the other Washington this week, as uh, it's here. It's finally here. The inauguration of President-elect Donald Trump. Do not attempt to adjust your speakers. That's real history, ladies and gentlemen. This is obviously, Chris, been a very colorful election season. Colorful has been the approved term that I'm allowed to use. (laughs) I I think the thing that... uh, you just take politics aside and look at this from a different realm. People are already making fun of the opening acts for Donald Trump. Yeah, this is this. not just about being sworn in anymore. This is uh, star power, and nobody loves star power more than President-elect Donald Trump. And, and, you know, President Obama had Beyonce at one of his inaugurations, and uh, President-elect Donald Trump on Friday or, or this week will have Three Doors Down and Toby Keith. Toby Keith uh, has a, or had, a chain of restaurants. I actually went to a Toby Keith restaurant once in Oklahoma City where they serve Freedom Fries. Uh, (laughs) uh, A lot of people have been making fun of the fact that those are the two acts that are the lead acts in all this. And Three Doors Down, you probably recognize from three albums ago. (laughs) Uh, They were Once Upon a Time in heavy rotation on Hot AC Radio. Uh, so that's who he got to come in and play the soundtrack for the inauguration. Obviously, there's going to be uh, a lot to talk about with that. This will be anything but uh, a predictable inauguration. Uh, the color and the sound surrounding this inauguration is going to be very interesting. I did believe, I think it was NPR, I believe, that will be live fact-checking the inaugural address, which uh, you just uh, have not heard of before. I mean, the the... The media and, and the president-elect is going to be a subplot for the next uh, two, three, four years, uh, however long it lasts, uh, because of what decided, we've already right? seen. He said two, could be three, could, could be, be four two, years. Could be three, could be a great four, yeah. eight years. Uh, but how he handles the media, a lot of uh, talk about that with his uh, showdown with Jim Acosta from CNN. Yeah. Since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? You're, you are attacking our news organization. organization. Can you give us a chance Let's to ask go. a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. can you state categorically, Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be Can you give us a question? I'm not going to give you a question. Can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. And again, you take politics aside out of this. It's been fascinating in the build-up to the election uh, and and what we have seen since how the president-elect Donald Trump has manipulated the media to a certain extent because he has had a TV background and he's familiar 
with how to play to the cameras. Has he appeared on TV? Uh, he has. Uh, he had a little show that he likes to tell people about called The Apprentice. Uh, but he told Politico uh, in the buildup uh, to the election last year, quote, I've always felt comfortable in front of the camera. Either you're good at it or you're not good at it. Remember, he was he was on SNL. And, and Chuck Todd of uh, NBC's Meet the Press uh, also spoke with Politico and, and talked about his experiences interviewing uh, the president-elect and, and how he found it was interesting that uh, the uh, that Donald Trump never laughs. He said, I quote, and this is Chuck Todd, I challenge somebody to find him laughing, and that person has yet to find an example, in my opinion. He'll smile, but he smiles appropriately. And then he said when he would have him on Meet the Press that Trump would lean back in his chair and request that the control room replay his appearance on a monitor without sound, that he wants to see what it all looked like and watch the whole thing on mute. Uh-huh. That he was that into appearance in television, well, and if you notice, there there have been think pieces, as I like to call them, uh, about Donald Trump and The Apprentice and what he learned from doing a reality show, pointing at cameras and putting the spotlight on other people to create conflict. These are things that you're seeing now play out on a presidential level, which is why this is so different. We should not be terribly surprised. Obviously, vanity is not something that Donald Trump tries to hide. His buildings are gold. (laughs) Not mystery solved for D.B. Cooper. A lot of kids are going to say, who? But a lot of us grew up hearing that name year after year after year after year after year. After year after year after year. Yeah, 45 years it's been with D.B. Cooper. And and our Chris Ingalls from King 5 has had a a great week. Uh, he he has been working on this investigation with his company down in Tacoma. He actually brought charges in that case uh, about a rehab clinic. He also broke this story about D.B. Cooper potentially being a Boeing employee. Here's a little taste. The FBI gave me the first public peek at the J.C. Penny tie left on the skyjacked passenger jet by D.B. Cooper. The tie has now turned out to be a treasure trove of potential evidence after scientists put particles lifted from the clip-on under a powerful electron microscope. And they came back with particle analysis on over 100,000 particles. Lead researcher Tom Kay says among the 100,000 particles identified are some things you would not have expected to find in the era of the 1971 Skyjack. For example? I'm going to name some of them. Cerium yttrium and strontium sulfide these are what they call rare earth elements Uh, they're rare to find on earth they're used in very narrow fields for very specific things specific things like aircraft development Kay says boeing's supersonic transport plane was the first and only in 1971 using onboard television monitors like radar screens he says those screens were constructed with rare elements like cerium and strontium sulfide Two of the particles found on Cooper's tie. Now, this is getting highly technical. A lot of big words there. But I think what this comes down to is a dramatic twist. (laughs) So what are we talking about here? The fact that his clip-on tie contains materials not proper to the era, right? They're saying that perhaps the only way to connect the dots is that, in fact, he may have been an employee of Boeing. Well, 
you know, it's what the only unsolved hijacking the Northwest Orient passenger jet in November of 1971. I think is why it's been so fascinating too. When you think about modern travel at the airport, you go through security and you have you can't have liquids above a certain amount of ounces, and you have to take off your shoes and all that. Back in 1971, you just walked right onto the plane. There was no DB Cooper could have carried a 40 ounce right on the plane, no problem. <laughs> he could have carried his own liquor on. Wow. Uh, it, it was a different time, and and we saw with DB Cooper when that happened a, a change in security uh, almost immediately. And you know, we the, the money that's turned up at the Columbia River. There's just never been. Uh, an absolute answer to who this person is, and that's why it's captivated everybody, not only in the Northwest, but around the country, but especially in the Northwest. People have followed this for years. There's been movies made about it. It's just been a fascinating case. And it's funny, Chris Ingalls, that's been one of his beats, the D.B. Cooper beat, trying to figure out who this guy is. So the saga continues, and although they have made many movies about D.B. Cooper, you know who has never been in one of those movies, but has been in almost every other movie? Not you. Ben Affleck. It's known as Sad Affleck. Ben Affleck, Chris, of course, became a topic of conversation on the internet from doing what's called a press junket. That's where the press and the media gets to sit down with actors and talk about their latest movie and the project, often which is at least a year removed for these people. They're usually on to the next movie, if not two movies later, then they have to take a pause in their schedule because that's a part of signing a contract to be in a movie is that you have to go do press. You have to sit down and tell everybody why this is the most impressive role you've ever taken on. And unfortunately, Ben's went terribly wrong when he was promoting Batman versus Superman, right? Yes, it was uh, a movie that going into his interview had not been well, well received by critics. No, it had been bashed by critics. <laughs> and of course, uh, a clip started circling the internet as Ben was being interviewed, and so was his co-star playing Superman. And Ben just kind of slipped into another world looked very, very sad. That video started getting passed around. And uh, flash forward, Ben has gotten over it mostly. And in a recent interview with the BBC, he talked about what he learned from that whole experience. It taught me not to do interviews with Henry Cavill where I don't say anything and they can lay Simon Garfunkel tracks over it. That's one thing I learned. We're seeing the clip now. If you've seen this before, you know that uh, Ben Affleck is, is looking off into space. Barely blinking. One continuous shot, and he still looks absolutely heartbroken. Ben? I agree. That was his only response (laughs) to the moment, but he has now come out and said, yeah, that was embarrassing. But yeah, you've been on a few of these. uh, You know that a lot of these actors have heard the same questions over and over Yes, I certainly don't blame Ben. I think that it would probably be too honest for him to say, you know what, I wasn't even really paying attention. I wasn't sad. I was just bored to tears. I've gone and done many of these, and what the public doesn't know is that your, your local reporter who's trying desperately to have their cute moment with the actor, they've done this rinse and repeat for sometimes upwards of three days, all day long. They're there at 6 a.m., they introduce, here's Chris Cashman from Seattle. I go and I do my thing. The moment I'm out of there, they interview. Here's Chris Daniels from Seattle. You get out of there. Then here's Larry Swanson from Boise. And it's rinse and repeat for these guys. So I wasn't offended when people like Chris Rock 
were doing power yawns mid-question from me. I understood that he wanted to probably be anywhere else but where he was. But uh, Ben slipped into some sadness and became internet gold. And I've not done as many of these celebrity junkets as as you have, but I can remember when Jerry Seinfeld came here for B-Movie. Yeah. And they did the release uh, at the Pacific Place. And, you know, we show up, and and you know Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, you and I grew up in the same era. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld with the show, and he's hilarious, and he's the funniest thing ever. And you get him on the red carpet, and you want him to say something funny, and you ask a question, setting him up for some joke. And it was so forced and very disappointing. Jerry Seinfeld just couldn't deliver with a joke on the red carpet. And finally, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, Chris. It is the most important meal of the day. And 7-Eleven says they have your answer. Breakfast pizza. My health insurance has not kicked in, so we will leave this to the professionals. Here is a taste test from a YouTube channel called Reckless Eating. All right, me and you get the first bite, Nick. So we die first. Oh, 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 Nick. Oh, oh. Oh, the top is so mushy and gross. Mmm, they sure paint a pretty picture. Mmm, a biscuit crust topped with bacon, sausage, ham, scrambled eggs, cheese, and cream gravy. Yes, cream gravy. The 7-Eleven Vice President Nancy Smith bills it as a hearty option for customers craving a warm <laughs> breakfast. A hearty option. A hearty option. I, uh, I believe it's also an option that may end uh, with you in the bathroom well, later on in the day. The release I'm reading here says the convenience store chain says that it combines the convenience of eating leftover pizza for the first meal of the day with traditional breakfast food. So right there, they're protecting themselves. See, they're saying, look, we said it was leftovers. <laughs> we warned you it was I not mean, good. Has anyone ever had a good experience with food that's been in a warming hut? at a gas station. I know I haven't. I had a corn dog once uh, from a gas station up at Snoqualmie Pass, and it was not a good day. I noticed you said once. Once. You and that was that the last once. time I had a corn dog. That's back when you lost all that weight. Yeah. I yeah. remember that. If you, if you want to yeah, lose some weight, it might be a good option. That'll do it for us <laughs> this week. First episode out of the gates, and already critics are calling us the next best podcast. So please subscribe. We are still looking for one of those people. And we hope that it will be you. We will see you next time right here. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at NextBestPod. We're on Instagram at the same, at NextBestPod. Connect with us there. Follow us there. And remember... People usually don't die on Tuesday. (laughs)